Good evening. Happy Easter. I hope you all had an amazing day or amazing time with your family. And I hope for those that, you know, were able to attend service, whether online or in person, I pray that you were blessed and you had a good time. Um, yeah, it's Saturday, Sunday, which is Easter on April the 17th at exactly 9.50 p.m. Y'all, I am sorry again. I know I was supposed to record yesterday. But um, honestly, it's been a busy weekend and time just went by and I just figured, okay, I missed today. I didn't really have time to study, you know, so I thought it'd be cool to do it on Easter. Um, this wasn't intentional, but it worked out. Honestly, in my opinion, I get to record on Easter and it is the day that our Lord Jesus Christ is risen. <laughs> he is risen from the dead and he's alive. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm happy to be here as always, and I hope you all are happy to be here as well. So today, we'll be reading, um, this is a chapter I've discussed already in Exodus that talks about Moses and the burning bush. I did a um, podcast on this already, but today we're going to be looking at the exact same scripture in a completely different light. Um, I think last week, if I remember correctly, I was actually, you know, planning to record and um, to be honest with you, I just started reading my Bible and I just felt like, I don't know, like, do you all ever have that feeling where you feel like you're not good enough to do something? You know, either you look at yourself and you say, well, hmm, how can I be this person doing X, Y, Z when, for example, how do I have this amazing job when I didn't go to college? You know, how can I raise these kids when I never had parents growing up? Or how can I, you know, teach for me, how can I be teaching, um, you know scriptures and all that when I don't have a, a degree in theology and you know I, I'm not always the best example I'm a sinner things like that so those are all things that can make us feel inadequate and make us feel as though we aren't good enough to teach or to do the things that God has called us to do and like I said truth be told last week I just was feeling like you know like just feeling like I'm not good enough like feeling like I don't know too much to be teaching you all and, and again not to say I do because I, I don't I'm learning every single day I know enough as I study and things like that but there's still thousands and millions of things that I need to learn and need to get better in but you know I just did feel that inadequacy and I do believe that it's also the trick of the, the devil that tries to make you feel like okay well I'm not good enough for this so therefore I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna pursue my dreams because I feel like I'm not smart enough or whatever and so God just always wants to remind us that, hey, if it calls you to do something, whether it's to go to college and graduate and you're looking like, dang, God, I don't even have money to enroll in college, you know, uh, I don't have anybody to teach me how to do this. Know that if that's something God has placed in your heart to do, he will supply and he will provide. And so I'm just here to talk to you all about that and to remind you again. So today, like I said, we'll be looking at Exodus and looking at Moses and the burning bush where God called him to do something. And Moses, just like a lot of us, felt very inadequate. He felt like he wasn't qualified for the role that God had called him to do. You know, and like I said, I feel that way often, not just with, with ministry, but just not often. I'm sorry. I don't feel that way often, to be honest with you, but I do feel that way every once in a while, not just with ministry, but with some things like, for example, maybe in my job or whatever, you know, I might feel that in a in a season or at a day or whatever that that case might be, you know, um, yeah, with friendships, whatever, like I might feel that way in certain areas of my life. And I'm sure you all might have felt that before. Not, you know, every day, but just in certain seasons or certain um, places at your job or in your life, (laughs) 
you might feel that way feeling like as though you're not good enough to do something or to be something that you feel like God has called you to be or to do so before we start let's open up in prayers Heavenly Father, um, I just want to say hello. I want to say hello on this beautiful Easter Sunday, God, where you died on a cross to save not just me, but all of us, God, sinners like us. You shed your holy blood that we didn't deserve and we weren't worthy of, God. But you qualified us even if, even though we weren't worthy of your qualification, God. So I thank you for that. I thank you for that sacrifice that you made to give us eternal life, God, um, through you. I thank you for that sacrifice that you made to cleanse us of our sins and to allow us to have a personal access and relationship with you, God. We're so thankful and there's nothing we can ever, ever do to ever repay you or to be deserving of it, God. But to that, we say thank you freely, God. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I just pray as we gather today here to um, spend time together, God, and to study your words and to study the things that you maybe have to embed and impress in each and every one of our hearts. I pray that may your words come to life, Father God. You tell us that your words are active and alive. They're sharper than every double-edged sword. So may it penetrate into the hearts that are hardened. May it penetrate to those souls that are dry and need a new refreshment, a new anointing, God. And pour your spirit into each and every one of us, God, especially me as I do your will. Um, God, use me, God. I'm only a vessel. You know how I feel sometimes, God, not worthy of your calling, God, not worthy of this uh, time and the season I get to guard um, and to teach your words, God. But I know that if you be for me, then who can be against me, God? So I pray that you use me, Holy Spirit, that may your my words be out of yours, God. And I don't speak out of my flesh, but I speak out of your spirit that lives within me, Holy Spirit. May you go before me and just bless this message, bless those that are listening, God, and just let it bear fruits in your life so that way they can walk in victory, walk in grace, and walk in favor, God. Um, I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love you so much. I pray this in your most holy name. Amen. Okay, so I'm sorry, y'all. Disclaimer, if you hear background noises, I am recording out of, out of unconventional times and I have my nephews and my nieces in my house, so they're a little loud. <laughs> I can hear them. I don't know if you guys can, but if you do, please ignore that. But um, yeah, so let's get into Exodus. We're, I'm not going to read every single thing, but like I always encourage you all to do, please pause the audio if you can and read the whole thing, right? It's pretty short. It's Exodus chapter 3. And it goes all the way to 22. So 1 to 22 is really, really short. And um, I also encourage you to read Exodus chapter 4. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that part. But anyways, the title is called Moses and the Burning Bush. That is on um, NIV Bible app. Okay, so um, just to give you all a backstory, right? Um, I hope you all are familiar with this story. If not, then I'll give you a backstory. So anyways, the Israelites are under slavery of the Egyptians who are, you know, treating them bad and just making them work hard and not get paid a lot. And just they're just being treated bad and they're under slavery. And so God, well, the Israelites were crying out to God and saying, God, like, if you hear us, if you're a good God, whatever, why aren't you rescuing us? You know, and God eventually heard their cry and God said, you know what, I'm going to do something about it. And of course, God, the way he created the world and he set the earth is that he gave us dominion to earth and the only time that god not the only but this is his principles right the way that god can do something on earth is that he partners with us on earth um this is something i read from miles monroe the kingdom authority um i watched an audio by miles monroe and he really transformed my mindset and how i view us as human beings and the authority and power that we have 
on earth because when God made us in the very beginning in Genesis, he told Adam and Eve to have dominion over the earth and to subdue everything, right? And the seas and the grounds and the skies, all that. And so therefore we have earthly authority and God has kingdom power. And so because of that, right, we have the authority on earth and God gives us his power to do all that he asks, asks us to do. And so here we are, right? God says, okay, my children, the Israelites are crying out to me saying that they're under slavery and abused by the Egyptians. So let me partner with Moses, my faithful servant, in order to help these uh, children that are crying out to me to be saved. So here's where God finds Moses. Um, he is in the field. He went to, uh, to tend the flocks of his father-in-law, Jethro's sheep. And so he was, you know, just in the wilderness, the mountain. I would definitely encourage y'all to listen to other audio because I looked at it from a different place. You know, I talked about, I broke everything down and how Moses was at the right place at the right time. You know, he isolated himself, which is so important. If you want to hear God's voice, you can't hear that blasted music every day. You can't hear that on social media. If you're just aimlessly scrolling, you can't hear that if you're constantly just out in parties and just loud places because God is a quiet, still God, right? He calls us. He speaks to us in a very quiet, still voice. So you need to be quiet or you need to be in isolation um, in order to hear him. You got to go to a place where he can freely speak to you and know that you won't be distracted by music and noise and things like that. Um, so that's besides the point, but that's where Moses um, is seen and that's where God finds him. So we're going to uh, read from verse, uh, jump down to verse two to four. It said, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of the fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. Then when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Wow. Okay. I love that because when I read that over, I was like, hmm, what is God trying to say to me in this verse? You know, one thing I noticed was that God was trying to get Moses's attention by burning the bush and the bush didn't burn, you know? This is a weird mystical sight that Moses is like, what? This is weird. I see the bush is on fire, but it's not burning. What's going on? And so that was how God was trying to get Moses' attention. And so one thing I wanted to add on that is that God is always trying to get our attention, right? But maybe we don't hear him because we're so distracted by noise. Noise is not just audio. Noise can be, um, you know, things that are, are just pulling you away from God. It's noise your kids. It's noise your job. It's noise social media. You know, it's noise money. What is the noise in your life that is constantly distracting you and pulling you away from that time with God? And so God wanted to get, he wants to get our attention, but we have to, to pay attention just like Moses did, right? Moses noticed that God was trying to get us attention or whatever that weird bush was, right? But that was God trying to get Moses' Moses's attention. And because of that, Moses actually obeyed. In verse four, it says that when Moses had finally walked over, God was like, now I can speak to you, Moses. Now you have saw that I'm trying, seen that I'm trying to get your attention. And now that you came or come, I'm sorry, y'all, my grandma's off today. <laughs> now, that you, now that you came to the burning bush, then I can actually tell you what I need to tell you. 
And so I love that because first, God is going to want to get our attention. It is not until we obey and until we heed to him that God is going to speak. And so just like Moses, we got to make sure we're always paying attention. So that way we can go to the places and do the things that God is asking us to do. And so then verse 5, it says, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Um, like I said in my other audio, I explained this from a different stance. But today, something else stood out to me. The, the first part, which says, Do not come any closer. I kept reading that. I'm like, why did God tell Moses not to come any closer? And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong, but this is just a thought that came to my head. Could, I, could God have been giving Moses instructions to test to see if Moses was obedient? Maybe, I don't know. But I thought it was interesting that God said, do not come any closer. First, God was trying to get his, his attention, right? And then God, when Moses paid attention, God called him. God said, come here. Then he was like, actually, never mind, don't come. <laughs> you know, and God is not a God of confusion. So to me, I think that he maybe told him, don't come any closer because he wanted to give Moses instructions and see, are you listening? Yes, of course, the other part is important because Moses uh, needed to take off his sandals because he was standing in holy ground. That part is very attention, but I mean, important. But it wasn't until Moses followed God's instructions that he would have taken off his sandals. And so God wants to give us attention instructions when he calls us to get our attention we come then we have to be willing to listen to what he has to say next which is his instruction and so God calls Moses and then he gives him instructions on what to do next and then verse 6 goes on to say then he said I am the God of your father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob then at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God I thought this was interesting because God was basically introducing himself to show who he was, right? And he said, I'm the father of Abraham, the father of this and that person. And the reason I think God did this was to show that, hey, Moses, this is not a regular person calling you. This is God Almighty. And when God introduces himself, he tells us who he is, right? He's powerful. He's mighty. He's um, wonderful. He's kind. He's loving. He's patient. All these are qualities of God. And God wanted to let Moses recognize the person that is the man. I'm sorry, not a man, but the, the God that is calling you is a God of your ancestors, a God of power, a God who has done things before you. If you think about Abraham's story, you think about Isaac and Jacob. All those people were great men that God worked through them and if you look at all of them they all had obedience right they all obeyed God Abraham literally left his hometown went to a foreign country because God told him to do so he listened to God's instructions and he followed God and I think Mo, uh, God was reminding Moses this to show Moses, hey, this is who I am. I'm the God of your ancestors. And all those people that I've worked with are people that I qualified them. They were not qualified. They didn't have all these special powers and whatever. But no, I, God, qualified these people. So therefore, that's why I call you Moses. And so I love that because God was introduced. He was basically flexing on Moses saying, you know who I am? <laughs> and so because of that, he can tell Moses now that, you know, who it is that calls you. You can trust that I am the one that's going to be at work. And so let's skip down to verse 8. It says, so now, so sorry. So I have come down to rescue them from the land, from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. 
And so God was saying that um, in verse 7, let me just read that actually. The Lord said, I have indeed seen this misery of the people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. And that's when he goes in verse 8 saying he's, he came down to rescue these people because he heard that the Israelites were crying in misery because the Egyptians were, you know, working them and treating them like slaves and things like that. And so that was God's purpose for coming. And I love that God tells Moses that he is the one that's going to rescue them. In verse 8, God says, I, I have come down to rescue them. So God was not saying, Moses, you have to be the one to do the heavy lifting. No, God was saying, Moses, I am the one that's going to do the heavy lifting. I am the one that's going to rescue the Israelites. All I need is for you to partner with me. And I love this because when God calls us right to do something, we don't have to be qualified or feel adequate to do anything. God is the one that's going to do the heavy lifting. All we have to do, just like Moses, is to obey and be willing to follow instructions. And then God is going to do the rest. Our part is very easy, very simple. But to be honest with you, we never get to that part because it can be hard. You know, like I just said, it's hard sometimes to feel like, oh my gosh, am I really worthy of doing XYZ? Am I worthy of getting to job promotion when like, you know, I don't have the best degrees or whatever? Am I worthy of raising these kids when I've never had a job before? Am I worthy of being a wife when I've never been, been married before? I've never seen a healthy relationship. Am I worthy of being a husband when, you know, I, I don't have a, a father figure in my life? Am I worthy of taking care of my family when I don't have a job? All those things can really make us feel like we aren't qualified or we're inadequate to do what God has given us and called us to do. But when we listen to verse 8, God tells us that I will do it. Y'all don't got to worry about anything, right? I'll do the heavy lifting. All that we simply have to do is obey and accept. And it sounds easier said than done, but it is easy, y'all. <laughs> it's easy for myself, right? I got to tell myself that because in the moment it can be hard, but it's pretty easy once we think about it. Imagine if we had to do God's part and do the rescuing. Oh, Lord, I won't be able to do it. <laughs> you know, so God gives us the easy part. And all we got to do is obey. And so let's go into verse 10. It says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So now go. Another command that God gives Moses. He gives him another instructions. And so if we obey and submit, we can be used for God's will. He will give us the steps that we need in order to submit to him. And I love this because sometimes we might say, okay, well, God, you're calling me to, let's say, for example, get into ministry. How will I even do that? I've never done ministry before. I don't even know where to start, X, Y, Z. And we have all of these excuses. But God tells us that do the first thing I told you to do. And then when you do the first thing, I'm going to give you the next thing and the next step and the next step and the next step. Right? I love that because God is a God of order. He's not going to send us anywhere and not equip us and not give us the step that we need in order to do that. He is going to give us step by step. And in order for us to get the next step, we got to be obedient in the now. Like I think about a, a puzzle, for example, right? Typically in order for you to get, to, or let's think about a game, right? An, an arcade game. In order for you to jump from level one to level two, you have to get in step so once you complete level one, then you access level two. Once you complete level two, you access level three and so forth and so forth until you finally beat all the game. But you can never jump from level one to level 10 unless you have a cheat code or something. But usually that's not how the game works. You have to go in order in order to complete everything. 
at its right proper time. And you know what we think, we as human beings sometimes think it's like, well, God, I'm at level one, but then I need you to take me to level 10 so I can see what I need to do in order to finish level two. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't, right? Because God is saying, well, if you want to get to level 10, you got to finish level nine, you got to finish level eight, you got to finish level seven and so forth and so forth until we're make up, making up our way to level 10. And in order for us to beat level 10, guess what? We need the tools that we learned from level one, two, all the way to nine. I hope that makes sense and I'm not confusing y'all. But all I'm saying is that the, the steps are purposeful because imagine if Moses is doubting at level one, will he be able to, to have confidence in level 10 if he didn't go through the steps? No, because if you all remember, if you all have read the whole book of Exodus, right? Level 10 for example, it's Moses actually freeing the Israelites. He frees them. He takes them through the Red Sea. And Moses had to build his courage to get up to that level. And so in order for him to get to that point, God had to take him step by step. The first step was saying, hey, Moses, will you obey me? Okay, you obey me? Cool. Now go to the Israelites. Tell them that, or I'm sorry, go to, to, to Pharaoh and tell them that I'm going to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So Moses had to go in order in order for him to be used by God. So God is telling us to do the first thing, right? I love this because God is a God of order. When he calls you to do something, he'll equip you. He'll give you everything we need in order to succeed. We don't need to know what's ahead. We don't need to know what the future holds. All we need to know is that if God is a God of order, then I am going to get to where I need to be at the end of the day, right? It might be hard because sometimes we can be impatient. Sometimes we can be um, doubtful, whatever, but it's all about trust. It's all about having faith in God and the one that sent us, right? This is a God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. He's a God of our ancestors who, ha who he has used to complete all his plans and purposes through. So how much more will he, will he do for us, right? How much more will he do for us? And so verse 11 reads, he said, he, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses sounds like me. He sounds like a lot of us. He sounds like a lot of people that doubt and question and feel inadequate and feel unqualified. This is Moses being realistic. And I love that because a lot of us feel like Moses sometimes. God, you asked me to go here, but how will I do that? How? I don't even have X, Y, Z in order to complete A, B, C. And so we always doubt ourselves because you know why we look at what we don't have versus looking at who is the one that's calling us because when we look at who's the one that's calling us we realize that we have everything through Christ that strengthens us right God would never call us anywhere that he's not going to equip us to go to and so it's all about trusting that God is going to qualify and adapt those that he's chosen and he's called to do whatever he's asking to do so we don't need to doubt but we need to have faith and trust in God and so verse 12 reads, and God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that is, it is I who sent, who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I love the first part. It says, I will be with you. That's what God said. God told Moses that, yes, I get you out doubt. Yes, I get your, you know, you feel like you're not qualified, whatever, whatever, Moses. But I am going to be with you. 
right? So we don't need to worry about anything. God is going to be our qualifier per se, because God has all that we need in order to do everything he's called us to do, right? If God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody, nothing, <laughs> you know, because we have God by our side. So we can rest assured that if he's calling us, he's qualifying us as well. And then Moses, of course, just being a human being, he doubts again. Moses says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers have sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them, God? I don't know. That's basically Moses. I can see him like, you know, <laughs> crying and whining like I typically would. <laughs> and then God says, oh, Moses, Moses, I am who I am. This is what they are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, sent me to you. That was in verse 14. So God is just, uh, I love this part because God is just, yo, know, God is just so confident. He's just, he knows who he is. God is like, I don't have to explain myself. I am who I am, period. Like, you know, no questions, no, nothing needed. And I love that because I think I, I, the Michael Todd video that I watched was saying that God is I am blank. Whatever you need in that season, in that situation, God is the answer to it. So for him to say, well, I'm only a healer, that's that would be him lying because God is more than a healer. He's our provider. He's our redeemer. He's our rescuer as he was going to do for the Israelites. God is so much more. He's our strength, our power, our source, every single thing that we need. God is it for us. So for him to say, I'm only this thing, Moses, he'll only be putting himself in a box that he's too big to fit in. You know, so I love that because God says, I am who I am. So whatever you need, I am the answer, Moses. Whatever you feel like you lack, I am the answer. Wherever you feel like you're weak and I'm the answer, period. So God is the answer for everything. So if he called you to do something, you feel like, well, God, I'm not this. God says, that's okay. I don't, I don't need you to be that because guess what? I am it, right? God uses the foolish things in the world to confound the wise. God will use somebody like me. Oh my gosh. Someone like me who doesn't know much, you know, who's never... Uh, I don't know, learn the Bible from like, um, I didn't go to theology school, whatever. There's so many things that weaknesses that I have. There's so many sins that I do, whatever. I'm not a perfect person. I'm a progressing person, but God would use somebody like me to be able to teach his words. How, how, not by my might, but God's might, you know, God would use someone like you who maybe doesn't have this qualification or have that degree, but to be somebody great. How, not by your might, but God, by God's might. And I love that because God is what we need for whatever we are going through. He is the I am. The I am. Who can even describe that? Nobody. Because whatever we need is what God is. He's the answer. He's the solution. And so uh, I just love that verse so much. But going on to verse 15, it says, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. We worship you. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this. Does this sound familiar to y'all? This was the same thing he said in verse 6. And I love this because God reintroduced himself. He's like, well, Moses, in case you didn't hear me in verse 6, let me tell you again who I am. I'm the God of your fathers, aka your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, Jacob, and the third. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. 
So God had to remind Moses, Moses, I am this person and so much more. And the reason I'm telling you who I am is because if you think about all the men, your ancestors who obeyed me, I did great things through them. So they were not qualified. Abraham was a sinner, right? Him and his wife, Sarah, was a sinner, but God used him to be the father of nations. He was old. He didn't have a kid, right? Think about Abraham. Abraham could have been like Moses and said, well, God, how are you going to tell me that I'm going to be the father of nations and my ancestors as numerous as the sand? But I don't have a kid. Like, how crazy does that sound, God? I don't have a son. I don't have a kid. My wife is old. She's barely barren, you know, and she hasn't been barren for years. And now she's old, like she's past childbearing age. How in the world am I going to be the father of nations when I can't even have a kid? Like, how? But God told Moses, told Abraham, I'm sorry, just because you don't have it doesn't mean that I don't have it. Right? God qualified Abraham, although he wasn't typically qualified in the human nature, right? He was old and his wife was old. They could not have a kid. But God said, if you can do it, guess who can? The I am can do it because I am what you need when you don't have what you have, what you need in order to do what I called you to do, right? And so I love that part again because Moses was reminded by God, this is who I am. If I can do that for Abraham, if I can do it for Isaac and Jacob, how much more will I do for you, Moses? Have faith and trust. And then we're going to go on to verse 16 all the way to 18. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But basically, God was giving Moses instructions. He was telling them, okay, here's what you're going to do now. You're going to go to the east, the uh, elders and tell them this and tell them that. And I'm going to bring them out of uh, Egypt into a land that's flowing with milk and honey and so forth and so forth and they're going to listen to you and believe you because you're going to tell them that it's God that sent you and so another command that God was giving I love this because it showed that God is willing to use us use those that are obedient and are willing to do what he's asked them to do although Moses didn't have all the things and qualifications that he needed to be great or to to be the guy to help God rescue the Israelites out of Egypt he was willing and he was obedient not fully but you know eventually he did um and so that's why i would encourage you all to read first uh i'm sorry read exodus verses four because it talks about again it goes back and forth with moses and god where moses is kind of saying like okay god but how would they listen to me you know moses oh my gosh moses is literally me and a lot of people because he has so many excuses oh my god if one person has excuses to not do something it's moses <laughs> have you ever like met somebody who got an excuse for everything and like you're trying to have a solution and the person comes back with an excuse and then you bring another solution and the person comes back with an excuse it's like hey you want to come out with me no i don't have gas in my car okay no problem i'll come pick you up no it's okay i don't have money it's okay i'll pay for your meal no like i don't have anything to wear it's okay i'll bring you you know like <laughs> and you keep going back and forth with them and then they have an excuse or rebuttal for every single thing that was just a random example but moses and god literally had this dialogue and i thought it was so funny but <laughs> that's in exodus chapter four and if you don't want to read the whole thing you can just literally read um exodus chapter four to verse one to seventeen but I love this because it was literally showing a very humanistic dialogue with Moses, of course, having all these rebuttals, all these um, 
Yeah, rebuttals. And then God was providing solutions, providing answers. Moses was like, well, God, how would they believe me? God would say, well, you're going to tell them that I am. Moses is going to say, well, they're not going to listen to me. God is saying, okay, well, use your staff. I'm going to turn into a snake. Well, God, what if that's not enough? Okay, use this. I'm going to do this. Well, God, if that's what is that, that's not enough. God kept providing to Moses. So, well, God, I have a stuttering issue. I can barely speak. And God was like, okay, fine. Use your brother Aaron to speak for you, you know? And I love this because God is a God of solution. Let's give it up for God. Yay. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> but no, he's a God of solution, right? God can use all our excuses, all our doubts and say, you know, what? you're inadequate. But guess what? I'm not. I have all that you need and so much more. So stop doubting God. Let's stop fighting God. Let's stop looking at ourselves as incapable. Yes, we are weak. Yes, we don't have X, Y, Z. But guess what? If we partner with God, if God tells us to do it, right, then he'll equip us for it. Don't go into something that God did not tell you to do and think that you're going to succeed when you feel like you're not capable of doing it. I'm sorry, you're going to fail because <laughs> if you're doing it on your own strength, it's not going to be substantial. It's not going to be um, impactful. But if you're doing it with God by your side, then you can do anything and everything. It doesn't matter what your credentials are. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. God is going to do everything as long as we qualify as long as he qualifies us and we partner with him and we're willing to be obedient. And so I just wanted to remind you all, if you've ever felt that way, if you are feeling that way, I just pray that you trust that God is with you and that God is the I am. He's the I am for blank, fill in the blank for whatever you need right now. If you need financial blessings, God is the provider. You know, if you need a healing, God is the healer. If you need breakthrough, God is the breakthrough or whatever. <laughs> you know, God has all that we need and so much more and he's going to qualify us. So we got to stop doubting and just trust that God is a good God and that he is a great God. And he has all that we need and so much more, right? Yeah, so... Okay, well, let's go ahead. Um, let me do, sorry, I gotta pull this up. Remember how I told you all I'm gonna start doing my um, salvation prayer. Yeah, so, okay, I found it. But yeah, anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this. And I hope that if you are in that season of feeling inadequate, you can really just trust in God's strength. Just know that if he called you to it, he'll see you through it. Okay? So, and also for those, right, the only way that you can feel adequate is by partnering with somebody that has all that you need. And if you haven't done it, if you haven't given your life to Christ, if you haven't been saved, y'all do it because there's no telling tomorrow time is of the essence time is not on our side in the sense where we don't know when our last hour would be so please give your life to christ please give your life to somebody who has all that you need when you need it and how you need it god is a great i am and he has more than you need don't think that you you got to feel like you got to be a better complete healed person in order to receive god no he already died for you today's easter for a reason because god already died and rose and forgave your sin you are not inadequate in God's eyes. You're qualified because he qualifies you. So please give your life to Christ because God loves you and God wants you in his kingdom. God wants to use you. He wants to call you to do great and amazing things for him and his children. 
So please, if you haven't given your life to Christ and you want to be saved, it's very simple. All you need to do is believe. All you need to do is have faith and trust that God will receive you. And once you do this prayer, please get in, get in the body of Christ. Look for a church around you. You know, get together with other believers. If you like, you can send me an email. I always attach my email to the end of uh, the audio, the description. You know, send me an email. Let me know that you got safe. And I'll try to find resources that I can in your, in your area. I don't know where you live, but I, I'm sure I can, you know, find something that's close to you and find a way to get you connected with the body and believer of Christ. So if you want to give up your life to Christ and have this prayer of salvation, please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I have sinned. I repent of my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that He has raised that I believe that you have raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and to do your will in its name, Jesus' name, that I believe and receive the things prayed this day. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, let's close out in prayers. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this awesome time I get to spend together with you and your children, God. Thank you for your words and just reminding us that you are the God and you are the great I am. You are the God of every and anything that we need in order to feel like we are capable of doing all that you've called us to do. God, you notice many times that I doubt, that we doubt, that we don't feel like we're the best, that we don't feel like we're worthy, God. But you tell us that, okay, we don't need to have X, Y, Z because you have A, B, C. You have all that we need and so much more. So let us submit to your will. Let us be obedient just like Moses was. Let us pay attention so we can listen to you, God, and hear you calling so we can be used by you, Father God. Use us, God, and equip us, God, with all the resources and tools that we need in order to do all that you've called us to do. God, I love you. I thank you for all those that have given their lives to Christ, God, that have been saved. Father God, meet them where they are, Lord Holy Spirit. Show them a different way of life and let them come fully to you, Jesus Christ. Let your spirit live within them, God, and bring forth good fruit, God. Bear fruit in your lives to do your will, God, and equip them adequate equip them god with everything that they need to feel adequate to do all that you've called them to do god for you are the great i am god and we're so grateful to trust you and to love you and to have you it's in jesus most holy name we pray amen amen y'all thank you so much for listening and for joining me today again um so let me check my calendar okay so it does look like do i not have it in my calendar Okay, yes. So it looks like my next time to record is going to be May 7th. God willingly, I will talk to you all at that time. I feel like it's supposed to be earlier. I guess not. Well, my calendar is saying May 7th. So, uh, yeah, I do hope that you all enjoy the rest of your Easter and you have a blessed time with your family. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Good night.